Testament. So God has been preparing them for a long time to go into the land. And um, they promised, God promised Abraham back in the book of Genesis. He said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. That's the nation of Israel. I'm going to give you a great land. That's the land of Canaan. And I'm going to bless everybody in the world through you, through your descendants. And so he's made of them a, a great nation, but they don't have a land yet. But they're about to have that land. They're on the cusp of going in. They have gotten to the edge of the land of Canaan. And Moses is there with them. And Deuteronomy, the entirety of the book of Deuteronomy, is some last speeches that Moses makes to the people before they go in. All right? So that's where we are. So he's... Just think about what he's saying here, why he's saying it. He's got this bunch of people gathered before him, and he's preaching to them a couple of lessons. And he's saying, folks, listen to me. You're about to go into the land. God has been promising you this beautiful land for a long time. You're about to go in and take it, and it's going to be everything God said it was. But you're going to be faced with some things when you get there. And I think Moses knew their character. And he knew the, the kind of things that they would end up succumbing to. And one of those was, they're not going to do very well with prosperity. And to be quite honest, not very many of us do well with prosperity. If we're being honest, right? We don't do very well with prosperity. We do better with testing. We do better with difficulty than we do with prosperity. You might disagree with that, but I think you'd be wrong in disagreeing with me. I think it's true. I think it's true. I think we do better... When times are bad, I'm talking about faith stuff. I think we do better when we're going through hard times faith-wise than we do when we're going through good times. Because when we're tested, when, when, you, get the, when you get the report from the doctor, you know, we saw something blurry. We, we saw something a little sketchy on the MRI. You're drawn to prayer. Lord, what are the... Lord, please, please be with me. You're going through this difficult time relationship-wise. You've got this challenge at work or whatever it is. Your heart often is drawn to God. God, help me. I don't know what in the world I'm going to do. I don't know where else I can go but to you. But when, when you get the raise and when everything is working well and, and when you're just, I mean, the, the health is good and, and life is good, man, you're like, wow, look at what I've done. I'm a pretty cool guy. I'm smart. I'm hardworking. I'm well-educated. I take advantage of these opportunities. I've got this ability to, to you know, intuit, which is the right, I'm, I'm pretty wise in business stuff, or in, in, in money stuff, and, and I made these decisions, and, and look how it's worked out. This is pretty cool. What are you focusing on there? Just, just look, look at me, look, look at what I've done. We do better in times of testing than we do in times of prosperity. I think that's pretty, pretty clear. Often, if we look at our own lives. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 8. I, I, a minute ago, I started at the beginning of worship. And I told you those words that I read from somewhere else. And it said, you know, when, when we have sufficient, when we are sufficient, we tend to praise God. But when we are, we have a surplus, we tend to focus on self. That's something about the way we do it. And I think Moses is getting at that in our text here. Okay? So I want us to study it for a little bit together this morning, thinking about what it meant then, what it means to us now. Be careful that you do not forget. There are a couple of themes that permeate the text. And he says, when you've eaten and are full. He mentions that actually a couple of times. You got your Bible? Look down at it. Let me, let me, uh, let me emphasize a thing or two to help us understand this. Now, 
The Bible has a way of emphasizing certain themes and texts, and one way is by repetition. And that's why I wanted you to notice some of the words that Bob read for us a few minutes ago in our text. Let me emphasize a couple of those again. Look at this. Look at verse 2. This one actually was not in our reading earlier. Verse 2. And you shall remember... Well, back up to verse 1. The whole commandment that I command you today, you should be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. Then verse 2. And you shall... You shall what? Nothing more essential to your faith than remembering. Um, and I'll point that out to you as we go through this. Remembering. You shall remember. You shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. That He might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart. Whether you would keep His commandments or not. Skip around just a little bit with me. Look down at verse 11. Take care lest you forget. The Lord your God, by not keeping His commandments and His rules and His statutes, which I command you this day. A few verses down below. Verse 14. Then your heart will be lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Verse 18. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your fathers. As it is this day, verse 19, and if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them and so on, bad stuff's going to happen. You see these words that are clustered throughout this text? That's one way the Bible emphasizes themes is it has these word, that words that it clusters together. And so you've got remember and forget, remember and forget, remember and forget, just all over this chapter. And so the emphasis of this text, this is what I want you to walk away from this morning is, you're not going to remember, none of us are going to remember a whole lot of the details. We won't be able to quote Deuteronomy 8, but I hope you'll walk away from this, this worship service this morning with this emphasis. God, help me never to become complacent by not remembering. Help me never to forget what you've done for me. Help me never to take credit for what ought to go to you. Help me never to pat myself on the back when all glory and all honor and all praise goes to you for all that's good and for the way that you brought me through the bad. That's the point of the text. And I, and I would kind of extrapolate from that. That's the point of the Bible. I mean, this, this is a, in, in many ways an encapsulation of the entire message of the Bible about faithfulness. Don't forget. Don't forget. Read the book of Hebrews. We're studying that, by the way, in our Tuesday morning ladies' class. Love to have some more of our ladies to come and be a part of that study. But it, throughout the book of Hebrews, that's what he says again and again. Look what God has done for you. Remember what He's done for you. Don't forget what He's done for you. Don't forget and be, be faithful. So be careful that you do not forget. That's the theme of the text. Now, here is something that he says a couple of times. Verse 10. So he's talking about you come into the land, and you shall eat and be full. You shall eat and be full. And you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. Skip down to verse 12. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, He's talking about prosperity and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied. 
when all is well, when you've got all this stuff. Now, I I'm guessing none of us have everything we want, and life isn't exactly like we want it to be. And, uh, you know, you can probably think quite, quite quickly about some things you'd like to change about your life right now. I want you to think about the good for a minute. I want you to think about the good for a minute. I mentioned Wednesday night this book I've been reading about the invasion of the Philippines back in 1941 and occupation that stayed until 1945. And the, the deprivation that people have experienced at times like that and deprivation that people are experiencing in some parts of the world right now not having enough to eat and the way that it completely transforms the way they think about everything. When you don't have enough food, I've, I've, never, I've never experienced that. I think most of you probably have experienced it. At least not, not to an extreme. Maybe some of you have. But we don't have enough to eat. You don't have enough calories to sustain the basic bodily functions. It becomes a source of, a, of obsession to you. There are people in the world right now that are experiencing that kind of deprivation. There, there are people. There are people who are just hoping they can get some kind of calories for the day. However, they can get those calories. People in those situations, they eat anything that they can get a hold of. It's in situations like that people turn to cannibalism. They just need calories. They just need something. I only say that to get us to, to recognize how easy it is for you and me in our land of plenty who this last week have thrown away more calories. We've, we've thrown away enough calories probably in the last week or, week or so to sustain several starving people in the world. I'm not saying that to make us feel guilty. Only, only this. It's easy to forget, isn't it? It's easy to forget. I don't really like that kind of food. I don't really like that. I, this is the kind of food I like. What, what the Bible here is saying is you're going to come into a land and you're going to have, you're going to have food to eat. You're going to have, you're going to have bounty. And my guess is most of us are living in Deuteronomy chapter 8. That's where we are. We're living in the land where we eat bread without scarcity. I didn't have to worry this last week if I was going to get another piece of bread. I didn't have to worry about the meal. I live right there in Deuteronomy 8 and verse 9 where we can eat bread without scarcity. We probably need to eat bread with more scarcity than we do, right? But, but what's he saying? His point, his spiritual point is, I gave you that. I give you the bread. I give you the protein. I give you the food. It's not because you worked hard last week. There's a connection between working hard and being sustained. The Bible makes that connection. That's not the best connection. It's not the greatest connection. The greatest connection is God is a God who gives, and he loves to give, and he loves to give to his people. And he loves to give, especially he loves to give when people recognize that it comes from him. When you have eaten and are full, and you're going to live in these nice houses, you and I, I just want you to know, hope you, as you read through that, you, you know, extrapolate that to 21st century world. Go from, you know, go from um, the things he's talking about, the, 
the herds and the flocks. And most of us don't have herds, too many herds and flocks anymore. But we got a couple of cars, and we've got a, a two or three car garage, and, and we've got uh, we've got electricity that's pretty reliable. And we've got all the food we can eat and more. We've got nice houses to live in. We don't have to worry about a couple of months when it starts getting cold, if it ever does start getting cold here. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about it. When you come to that, do not forget. Do not forget where it comes from. That's the point of this text. And I, I don't want to beat that too much because I sense that you get it. But the temptation for you, and he goes on and he says this. The temptation for us all is that your heart will be lifted up. Verse 14. Then your heart will be lifted up. He, he doesn't say your heart might be lifted up. He says then your heart be lifted up. And then you forget, the Lord your God, He brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Of course, He's talking to people who had experienced all sorts of bad stuff in the wilderness, and they had been, you know, they had gone through testing and all this, and then they're going to get to the land. And it's interesting, it doesn't take us too long to forget. We, we go through some tough times, we come out of the tough times, we're living in time of blessing, and it doesn't take very long for us to forget the time of testing. And we just kind of get caught up in the moment and we forget. That's what he's talking about. Your heart will be lifted up and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Now, here's what he says throughout our text this morning, Deuteronomy 8. He's talking about a warning, obviously. He's saying you don't need to feel like this. You don't need to do this. But he gives several things that are going to help us put up some fences, all right? And I want to, I want to focus for the next few minutes on some of these fences, some of these some of these antidotes that will help us not to fall into that kind of complacency. And here is one that he says in the first part of the chapter. He says, remember the testing. Remember the testing. Think about the past. You think back to the past. When times are good, you need to spend some time thinking about when they weren't so good. That's the first part of the chapter. He says, remember when you were in the wilderness and I tested you and you went through all these things. Remember the whole way, verse 2, that the Lord your God led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you. He tested you and you were hungry. I gave you hunger and then I fed you with manna. And so there, there comes a time when we're living in times of prosperity to look back to those difficult times of the past, to look back at, and, and remember Remember the testing. Remember the difficult times. That's what he says in the first part of the chapter. And in that, as you reflect on those times, remember how God sustained you. This is a good exercise. I would challenge you to do it today. Think back in your life today, right now. Think back to times in your life when, when they weren't good. Maybe they're not good right now. Reflect. Especially if they were in the past, because I want you to reflect on how God brought you through it. Remember that time of testing? That time when things weren't good? That time when you were going through that? When you were dealing with this? When you were scared to death about that health report? When you, were, uh, when you lost a loved one? When there was rebellion in your family? When you were uncertain about this or that? Remember those times. He says, remember the testing, but... But don't stop there. Remember, did God, did God sustain you through that? Did He get you through it? Did He bring you to this point in your life? Did He? He's not, he's not saying it was easy, but, but did He sustain you? And do you now get some sort of an idea as to why God let that happen? 
God's explaining it to them here. He says, God gave you the hunger so that he might feed you, so that you might know that food comes from him. God, God put you in a situation where you didn't have enough water so that he might water you, give you water, so that you might know where water comes from. And God does the same thing, I think, today. God will lead us through times of testing so that we understand it is not we who can get ourselves out of those situations. It is God who will pick us up. And then we might know, oh, yes, God, it's you and not me. So you remember the time of testing so that you might remember the time of blessing. And it'll help you then to, to be fortified to this moment. You'll be less likely to say, oh yeah, this house, these clothes, this food, this success, this job, these kids, my marriage, my relationship, whatever. That's not my own doing. No more than God, no more than that water God gave me back when I was thirsty. No more than that food he gave me back when I was starving. No more than he brought me... That, that it was I who got myself out of that difficult situation at, in, in family, at, at work, at school, whatever. But he did it then, and, and he's doing it now. And so what he's saying is you look back in order to see your own situation now properly. Remember the testing. Remember the blessing. Keep the commandments. I don't know if you notice this. You'll see this here, and you'll see it in other places. Um, it's almost got like God uses these two expressions synonymously. Forgetting the Lord your God and disobeying the Lord your God. In fact, you'll see it. You'll see it often. It's uh, synonymous. He'll say, don't forget by being disobedient. Don't, remember, remember the Lord your God and obey His commands. You see it throughout our text this morning and you see it all over, um, all over the Bible. In fact, verse 6 is an example of this. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in His ways and by fearing him down in verse 11 take care lest you forget the lord your god by not keeping his commandments see that so what do you need to do if you're if you're prosperous things are going pretty well right now but you're sitting there you, you recognize hey i'm pretty complacent about spiritual things i mean i'm here but i'm not really here i'm here but i'm not i'm here i'm in a pew but my heart really isn't not so much here that's probably some of us what do you need to do We've already talked about it. You need to look, you need to look, look at your past. Remember those tough times? God, God got you through it. And, and, and spend some time reflecting on that. But, but also, and hear what I'm about to say, and, and you may disagree with this on some level. I don't know. There's a sense in which God wants us to keep the commandments, His, His commandments, even when we don't feel like keeping those commandments, and even when we may not understand why those commandments are there. Keeping commandments is part of remembering. It's a part of not forgetting. There's a sense in which a relationship to God is going to be characterized by commandment keeping even when we don't feel all of the, all of the feels, you know? Even when we don't feel it like we want to, maybe. But we keep the commandments. We obey. And God blesses that kind of obedience. I'm not saying it's going to be that way always. There is feeling. There are emotions. But God, and I know it sounds, um, maybe this doesn't sound right to you. Maybe it sounds almost legalistic. But it's not that. But it is, do what God wants you to do. Trust Him enough in the moment. Things are, things are good, but you feel like you're a little bit complacent. Obey Him. 
God blesses that obedience or he will bring about a love often that follows the keeping of commandments. Keep the commandments. God emphasizes that over and over again. We kind of downplay that these days because we don't want to be characterized or thought of as being, you know, works-based or whatever. Here's another one. Here's another. That's what we're doing this morning. I want to I want to uh, talk about this one as far as our worship time. Look at verse 10. You shall eat and be full. All right, what do you do? You shall eat and be full. Did you eat and be full this morning? Did you skip breakfast? Some of you are breakfast skippers. All right, if you ate and were full this morning, or if you didn't, you probably, and I almost guarantee you, you're about to eat and be full. If the preacher will hurry up and shut up, right? If you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land He's given you. What do you need to do in times of prosperity? You need to worship. You need to thank God. We're doing that now. and we, I mean, communion is an obvious aspect of that. I know communion can become kind of rote and go into the motions and this, this cliche kind of ritual thing because we do it every week and we go about it in the same way usually. Try for that not to happen. Because, you know, one of the reasons why God has memorials, so that you don't forget. But go back to Exodus, you know, we looked at this before. In Exodus 12, when they're, they're taking a Passover element, and God's telling them, you know, this is what you're going to do. You're going to kill the lamb, you're going to take the bitter herbs, you're going to do all this stuff. You're going to cook it, and you're going to eat it, and you're going to, and, and this is one thing he says, and your kids are going to ask, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why in the world are we killing this animal, Dad? Mom, Mom, what's the, what's the point of these bitter herbs? Why are we doing this? And you're going to say what? This helps us to remember what God has done. And so we take that bread, we take that cup, we need it. And I, for many different reasons, I'm, I'm glad we take weekly communion. One of them is very practical. I need it every Sunday. I need that time of reflection. And you need that time of reflection, I'm guessing. That time of reflection where I think, man, God, you've been so, you've been so good, so good. And, and my life, our lives sometimes aren't very grateful, but thank you for this reminder every week. And we have this period of worship, which is a time of praise that reminds us. We'll come back tonight on Sunday night. I don't know if you need it on Sunday night. I think you need it on Sunday night because we need a lot of it to come back and say, Lord, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm about to go into a, a pretty rough world tomorrow, and I need these reminders. And you come back in the middle of the week when you've been beaten up by school, beaten up by the pressures of work. You come back on Wednesday night, and you praise God again. And you say, God, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Empower me and protect me and give me the courage and the fortitude to go back into that world tomorrow. See, when you eat and they're full, this isn't just talking about praying before you eat. This is talking about when you recognize God has blessed you, praise Him for it, and He will fortify you against a lack of gratitude. Last one is how the chapter ends. In fact, scholars think that this is really where the chapter is heading. All the stuff, check verses 1 through 18, all the stuff about this is how you had it and this is what God has done, comes to the end of it. And he says, here's why I want you to make sure that you're thankful. And here's where the trajectory of the chapter is pretty important. There's this, uh, one scholar pointed this out, in fact, when he said that 
You see this pattern in, in the Bible. You see it. Let me go through it just, just quickly with you. This, uh, this pattern, this trajectory in Deuteronomy 8 is reflected elsewhere. You don't trust God. You don't, you don't, or you, or you forget God. That leads to a lack of gratitude. A lack of gratitude leads to a sense of self-sufficiency. Look what I've done. I did all this myself. I built this house. I, you know, I made all this money. I deserve this raise. I, all this stuff. Uh, self-sufficiency. And that leads to idolatry. It starts with forgetting God. And then you're not grateful for what He's done for you. And then you think you did it yourself. And then you're worshiping other gods. That's the progression. You see it in Romans 1 too, by the way. So you see it here in Deuteronomy 8. It ends in the chapter. The last two verses of the chapter are about idolatry. That's where all this goes. If I forget God, I don't give Him praise for what He's done. Well, I've got to give somebody praise for what's been done, right? Somebody's got to get the credit, so it's me. But then you recognize, deep down, deep down in yourself, you know that you're not really worthy of that. And so then you transfer that praise to some other entity, some something out there that isn't God, and you become an idolater. That's what Deuteronomy 8 is talking about. Let me close it up this morning by just urging you as a church and as individuals, be grateful, be grateful. You realize how good God's been to us? This isn't just about food and clothing and shelter. It's not about having a big meal for lunch today. It's not about going home to a nice house this afternoon. It's not about having a good job. It's not about wearing nice clothes. I mean, I always think, God, praise God for those things. Praise God. But ask God also for you to recognize that those things aren't ultimately, ultimately the most important things. Ask God to help you to thank Him for stuff that's bigger than that. God has given each one of us. As Christians, He's given us forgiveness. He's given us hope. He's given us a reason to live. He has given us, He's given us faith. And he's redeemed us. And all the stuff that goes on in the world, whatever it is, all the bad stuff that's going on out there, God gives us a different way of looking at things. We see this world through God's eyes. That is the work that God is doing in the world to redeem it, to shape it, and bring it in conformity to His own will as He works on us as His people. And we thank Him, and we don't forget Him, and we obey Him, and we worship Him. That's what Deuteronomy 8 is about. That's how it applies to God's people here at this place. If you're not a Christian today, we, we certainly invite you. We beg you to come to Him. If you believe in Him as your Savior, you trust that Jesus Christ is the Lord, the Son of God, you believe that with your heart, Act on that faith. Put Him on in baptism. Let Him wash your sins away by His grace and mercy. And we'd be thrilled to participate in that with you. Maybe you've already done that, as most of you have, but you haven't lived as a child of God ought to live. You've taken your eyes off of the goal. You've become self-sufficient, perhaps, self-congratulatory, and not praise the one who's given you all things that are good. Why don't you come back to Him today? Let's stand. Let's sing this song. When we walk with the Lord,